I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about. Which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. Pregnancy and birth transform our bodies. And so when it comes to exercising safely, it's so incredibly important to do it with the right expert guidance, or we can risk injury. But with gyms closing and that network of support from other women becoming smaller, we wanted to hear from maternal fitness expert, Emma Dowling, creator of Empowered Mama, about how she is committed to building strength, connection, and a tribe of empowered mamas through her classes and online programs. We talk about how even as a trainer, Emma experienced a postpartum pelvic floor injury, which prompted her to educate herself and other women on how to exercise safely, and how these classes are more than just fitness for women. They are friendships and essential to our maternal mental health. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum, the podcast. We've just been having a quick chat before we press record and you said something which is so perfect about what it is that you do and why it is that I was so drawn to having you be part of this podcast. Because as a businesswoman, what you do is you create space for women and you've done that in your beauty beforehand, but now more specifically when it comes to the physical well-being, but the type of physical well-being that that allows emotional support systems to happen as well through Empowered Mama. Um, Thank you for doing that. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And, you know, I know it sounds um, kind of corny when you say, but it's just what I absolutely love doing. It's my passion, creating that space for women to be, to become, to just see what they're made of, to see what they need, you just get so much from that hour, whether it was as a client on my massage table when I was a beauty therapist or in now in one of my classes or as a one-to-one client. I just want to make that person just feel so cared for and looked after in whatever means that I can. And I think because of my background in beauty therapy, I'm really good at reading women and reading what they want, you know, if they want to come in and have a chat or if they, you know, want to just get the head down and work and um, enjoy their workout or whatever. And I think it's been able to read that body language and 
pick up what that woman wants, which is going to change from week to week, is just really, really important. And I think it's actually more important than any program. You can have the best program in the world, but if the person isn't enjoying it and if there isn't that connection, you know, it's it's quite futile, really. Why do you think that we need it? Because women are the beginning of everything. It all starts with us. It all comes back to us as mothers, as daughters, as friends. If there's an issue, generally, it'll be a woman there, I think, at the bottom of it, picking up the pieces, gluing everything together. I strongly believe that we are the glue of our society, of our community. And if we are happy and cared for, we can give more care. We are happier. And um, our homes are going to be happier if we're happier as well. And that just has a ripple effect then. Again, if we're happy, our kids are happy. If our kids are happy, they're going to be, you know, great kids in school and in all of their clubs and with their friends. And like, isn't that really just what it's all about? Do you think that need has gotten even stronger since COVID and lockdown and 2020 and all of these things that we're trying to figure our way through? Um, absolutely. Oh, 100%. And it's funny, the week before lockdown, I did a sunrise hike in Bray here. It was absolutely gorgeous. And um, most of my followers and clients are women. So it was all women who were there. And I remember at the start just saying something similar to what I said there about women being the glue of society and actually getting quite emotional. I think it was because all of the, the COVID stuff was starting to build. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, I'm concerned about what is ahead for all of these people standing in front of me because we, we had so much, so much to do. I think that for some of those girls, that was the, the last bit of time out really that they had for quite a while, you know, because they're at home, some of them trying to do full-time jobs or support somebody at home who's trying to, to work from home and um, minding children, educate children, somehow, you know, get a little bit of me time in there somewhere. And um, yeah, it was unbelievably tough, I think. And that's not even going near the kind of pregnant mamas and women who have just recently given birth. That was, you know, a whole different ballgame really, again, on top of that. But like you're, you're in that boat, you know, you're, you have a three-year-old at home. You're trying to run your business. COVID is trying to shut down your business. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it was, it's frightening and you're, you're trying to look for other ways to create support systems, other ways to create connections, whether they be um, online or adapting how your business can be delivered in order to fit within the restrictions. And mm -hmm. that's, that must have been incredibly frightening. Do you know, it wasn't, I, I never got fearful because I just really wanted to stay calm. I knew if any fear came into it for me, that creativity would just go out the window. So I was like, you just have to stay calm. This is what is happening. You freaking out isn't going to change anything. Control the controllables. I just said that to myself all the time. Control the controllables. Do what you can. And it was really just brainstorm, talk to people. What do you need? What do you want? And develop on the back of that. I had this like vision of myself um, and it was like, you know, pivoting, like you're always keeping your foot in one foot in a safe place and then moving the other one, getting that into a safe place. And I'm like, okay, but well then we'll try this. And it was just kind of moving around 
trying to find a way to make it work. And it actually, from a business point of view, was kind of great in some ways um, because it just made you think differently, made you look bigger pictured. You know, I was so caught up in like being on the ground, more classes, more coaches, you know, that it probably wasn't the best way for me to reach as many people as possible. And it was just kind of obviously pulled me out of it because the doors were closed and it was like, right, now we just have to find another way. And I loved the challenge of that. Did you find a new level of resilience within you? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, I love that word resilience because I think if you if you can, you know, and you can't be resilient all of the time, but when push comes to shove, if, if you can find that, you can face anything. Like I always have a plan A. It, generally never happens then there'll be a plan b plan c plan d and i'll just keep making plans and keep changing and keep adapting because of uh, i do have a level of resiliency and i think that's come from competing in sports and stuff as well because things never go right so you just have to go with it and do your best but how did you cope with having a three-year-old at home amongst all of that yeah it was really tough and my husband is also self-employed so you know, we were both, it was kind of like whose business is the bigger priority and, you know, who was going to mind Jacob. Um, but we worked it out, you know, um, but that's not saying that was some really challenging times. And, you know, sometimes things went totally out the window. I'd be doing live workout classes and Jacob would be like screaming at the door and the Wi-Fi would go. And But it was just, um, it was just do our best and really... We got much more productive with our work um, we would have I would have got up very early and gone through a sizable chunk of work before Jacob even got up and it really made me look at how we've been living pre-lockdown as well being so busy in that that it was lovely time the three of us that we could really spend together we loved you know going, going out on our walks and um, having picnics in the garden and all the things that we did and you know I think it's very important to note that we weren't in any way affected by COVID on you know, a personal level. There was no one in our lives that was vulnerable. Um, there was no one close to us who was sick or you know, were not frontline workers. So I think once you didn't have that worry, if you just keep looking at this, you know, it was just perspective, I suppose. It was make the best, but we had really nice family time. Um, that's not to say there were some moments of oh my God, <laughs> how are we going to do this? In episode one, I spoke of this season, um, I had a chat with Ali D and something that came up for her was a newfound appreciation for how exercise has supported her emotional and mental well-being. And oh, how like, yes, she's running on empty, but it's actually the discovery of exercise and the commitment to exercise um no matter how tired it's it is what has given her that resilience it's what given it has given her that strength to kind of like physically recover after carrying triplets but emotionally prepared to take on the rest of the day of caring for triplets um i think it's like it's it's such a powerful thing to learn and often women drop out of, of 
well, girls drop out of exercise, drop out of kind of competing in things um, so early and we forget about it in our 20s. And then we find ourselves in our 30s in motherhood feeling like, oh, hang on, where's that thing gone that gave me energy and gave me connection and gave me strength and made me feel powerful again? Mm -hmm. As somebody that trains women in discovering that, you must see that all the time. I love that part of my job and um, and that's what I love about, I loved about our classes in particular is that we often had women coming in who like that were saying like, Emma, I haven't done exercise or sport since I was 13 or 14, but because everyone's coming in with their babies, they feel on a level playing field. Everyone's back to base. Everyone is starting from, from scratch and building up again and just seeing and, you know, when at the start they come in they might not be able to do something and then you're like oh my god a few weeks later you're doing it you're doing it really well and I just think they get so much from that and from a mental health point of view uh it's just great you know to succeed like that at all those little small wins and they just keep building and building and adding up and it's just amazing to see and then you know, from a physical side, they start seeing their body change shape, their genes are fitting again and all this kind of stuff. And they're just feeling really good. And it's just, it's just great. It really is. I think it's addictive. Oh my God, hundred percent. It's absolutely addictive. I think the, the feel good factor is addictive and you get that through exercise, you know, energy creates energy, you know, and sometimes you know, okay, sometimes there is times when you're like, you, you really need to take a rest day. Do you know, it's okay to chill out and do nothing today, maybe take a gentle walk. But sometimes it's like, right, you know, if you're tired, just do it tired, just do it a little bit slower. And, you know, just move and you will feel more energized afterwards. And I think that's what people are addicted to, and the community and um, the connection. Um, on my online programs in particular, I do like a weekly on um, email check-in with the clients. And I think that was a really powerful tool or coping mechanism for women in lockdown because it was nearly like at the end of the week, writing down how their whole week went. And it wasn't necessarily just training and nutrition. It was everything. It was sleep, stress, anything that, you know, that any obstacle that they faced in the week, they'd chat about and, there's something so cathartic, I think, about writing down how you're feeling. And I think they get even just so much from that. Yeah, journaling is another theme that just keeps coming up and how get it out of your head. And I think that's where it's similar to exercise in a sense, actually, because through exercise, you're getting it out via sweat. You're getting it out via like effort and pushing your body and pushing it further than your limitations tell you. And then with the writing, it's, 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 it's getting it out of your brain. So that swirl stops. You can mm-hmm. stop that, that looping of, I felt this, or I was tired about that, or I'm annoyed about this. So like from all of these conversations, everything just seems to be about get it out of you. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a, a cry, a workout, writing it, standing on a mountain, shouting. <laughs> yeah. And as I always say to my clients, I don't have all of the answers, but if I know somebody who does, I'll send them your, send you their way. And sometimes just saying it and being a sounding board for someone and saying, you know, that's really tough, but you're okay. It'll be okay. 
next week you'll be feeling a bit better and if you're not that's okay too it's just being that sounding board for somebody how does it make you feel when you really push your body further than because you share a lot of when you're lifting um and the routines that you go through in your own training and performance Mm -hmm. what does it do for you when you feel like you're looking at that bar and then you've achieved it um I suppose um before I go into a lift it's just no doubt like even if even if it's likely I can't lift it or do what I'm meant to do I'm going and going oh my gosh you are going to do exactly as you're meant to do and this is happening Midlift, sometimes you're either going, we got this, or you're going, oh, <laughs> and hold on for dear life and do your best. But um, when you get a lift that that's a tough one or do a workout that the whole way through the whole workout, you're going, oh, my God, I just want to stop. At the end of it, you're just like, I did it. And it builds that resilience that we talked about earlier. It's such a good way to do that because everything is telling you no. Everything is telling you you can't. Everything is saying stop this hurts, this is going to hurt, you could hurt yourself, <laughs> but you just have to, you know, when you know that it's safe and that you can keep, keep working through it. And it's, I think it's very, very good for you if you can do that. So do you think that you take it through with you into other aspects of your life then? If you're sitting down to think about your business and the first feeling in your head is that negative feeling of, no, I can't do this. This won't be a success. It'll fail. Do you go back to well, this morning I thought that and I still lifted it. I think it's just so ingrained into me now, Sinead, after all of the years of training. Like, I will try anything. <laughs> I really will. I'll be like, this is a good idea. Let's write this down, brainstorm it, see, you know, if we can come up with something and throw it out there. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, you gave it a try. I, have, I, I really don't have any fear of failure at all. And I think that is one of something that has served me so well you know um yeah I think I'm probably my own harshest critic as well so it's not that I don't really care what other people think it's more if I think it's okay and I've done my best then it's okay you know that's all you can do so now that we have to be in this like dispersed world where you used to gather these you know pregnant women who would form relationships, get to know each other, um, connect and bring them through pregnancy and out the other end through your postnatal programs, feeling Mm -hmm. back together and stronger with friendships, with having, and for me, the last time on maternity leave, one of the most important things was having something in my diary, just Mm -hmm. having somewhere to be on a Wednesday. Yeah, I totally get it. And it, just that little bit of routine, it was, it's just great having something to get get dressed for and put your makeup on, even if it is just a bit of mascara and be somewhere. It's so powerful and really important where human beings just need connection, I think, so, so much. And especially connection with other people going through the same thing as you, you know, especially in new motherhood, something so new and wonderful but also terrifying (laughs) for someone else to just say yeah me too I'm going through that same thing it's just so important to have that of course you're still in contact with lots of women because of the business that you run how do you think they're 
experiencing this loss of that connection? Um, I think it's funny because I think maybe the women who are in my programs, even though it's not, they're not physically together, they have that sense of community. You know, we have like WhatsApp groups and, you know, they're posting in recipes and sometimes it's, you know, does your kid ever do this and all that different things. So even though it's not meeting up somewhere, they are together but separate. Um, and we do live workouts and that. So, you know, they can come and log in on Tuesday at 11 and do their training session. And even though they can't talk to each other, you know, I can talk to them. And if I see Sinead is on, I'll be going, you know, you can do this, Sinead, keep going. And, um, you know, I think I think that's the way that we're trying to build it. Um, I don't think anything will ever, you know, beat, though, getting a hug from one of your friends or that. And that's just the nature of it at the moment. But we have to just make the best of it. And so what can people expect from this type of online program? Because I'm due any day now and physically uh, very unfit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's like a seven point turn just trying to stand up from sitting, <laughs> never mind doing a workout. Um, and that is something, I think there's, there's definitely an, an intimidation post-pregnancy. Mm-hmm around returning to physical strength and what is safe and what isn't safe and what should I be doing and what if I harm myself when I can't afford to harm myself because I have to be physically able to get up in the middle of the night to this baby and to lift this baby and I can't afford an injury in my back or Mm -hmm. to do something silly. Um, It's a a hard place to start when you want to get back. It is a really hard place to start. And I think that's why it's so important to to have a coach who's fully qualified and experienced to take you through that. And, you know, I think as well, because obviously I've had my own child, I've been through it. I remember after having Jacob and like, oh, this is what people were talking about when they said my core is really weak or, you know, I'm really tired. I'm like, Oh, this is it. Yeah. So I think being able to relate on a professional level and an experience level, but also on a personal level just really makes it um, a little bit more real, I think. Um, And it is making sure that every person who walks in the door is getting an exercise or a workout that is suitable for them. And making sure that when they leave, they go, I did that really well. Even if it's just the dead basics, they're going, yeah, I did pretty good at that. And then the next time they come in, let's do a little bit more. Let's add a few more reps. Let's try and add a little bit more range or whatever it might be. And just building it up so slowly that it never is scary. There's never a moment of, oh, no, Emma, like, I can't do that. Um, that they just feel really safe and they trust you it's all trust really in connection um so that's the other thing actually that I love about the home workouts is that you can do your workout in your pjs you know you don't like no one's going to see you you know and I love that from a intimidation point of view it takes out that huge 
obstacle that so many people face. They don't want to go to a gym because they don't feel like they belong in a gym. They don't feel like they fit in there. They don't know what clothes to wear. All of this kind of stuff. Um, and that whole obstacle is just gone because it's just you in your sitting room and me on a screen or whatever. And you're just doing your thing. And I love that. Do you know what though? I think that's where the WhatsApp groups and that come in great um, because the girls will pop in their scores and their reps and all the different things that they've been doing. So it kind of gets that little bit of competition going as well. But the other thing is that our workouts are only 20 minutes. So if you, you know, can work or push yourself um, on days that you're able to and at a, a time, I suppose, that you're able to in your postnatal recovery, um, it's really short. It's only for a short amount of time. And I'll be asking you on your check-ins, how, how did the week go? <laughs> What I do love about it, though, I do think it's a massive benefit, is sometimes the biggest barrier to postnatal anything is just physically getting out of the front door. Yeah. And that the, like, that was the biggest learning curve for me, you know, where I used to just grab car keys and go. This, I know. Like, the, the, the program of activity that would need to kick off. <laughs> and you'd be like... Okay, so I need to be somewhere at 11, which means I need to leave at half past 10, which means that I need to be ready at 10, which means that baby needs to be fed at nine to have enough time to wind and then change and punami. And, and all of a sudden, like 6.15 a.m., <laughs> the operation would begin in order to get out the door. And I love, love, love the idea of... Now, well, I love the experience now of lo- like opening your laptop and just getting into it, you know, getting started. No, it is great. It, it's so efficient from a time point of view and from, you know, a stress point of view because it's so stressful. I remember going places with Jacob and like you'd be sweating by the time you sat into the car, by the time the buggy was in, the baby was in and everything like, oh, it was, it's just, like motherhood is a workout in itself, isn't it? absolutely just focus for 20 minutes and then you're done that's all you have to do um so no I think it is and I actually had this conversation with a couple of clients this morning that's a real perk actually from the work from home for the girls coming to classes as well because often they have their other half at home so they can leave the baby for their hour and go come do their class and they're back and it's just really really nice to see them being able to take that time and not arrive all flustered to class it's lovely what are the signs that your body isn't ready to start a program of exercise postnatally well we would definitely always say um wait until at least at least six weeks postnatal and that is both for a vaginal and a c-section delivery um before that it would just be like focusing on your breathing maybe some very gentle stretching and just letting your body recover, focusing on trying to get, you know, some nutrient dense foods in and protein in and all that. Just you're just focusing on healing, resting, recovering. After that, um, once you're signed off by your doctor or your consultant or midwife, um, I would love to see every single woman go and see a pelvic floor or women's health physiotherapist to be completely assessed and know exactly where they are and even if they've no symptoms of you know if they're there like my recovery's gone great I'm absolutely fine it's just so good to know and from a coach it's great to know they're 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 really good to go 
um, a good friend of mine just had a baby there a couple of months ago and she couldn't believe at the six week checkup with her GP that the GP barely even looked at her. She she was like, oh, are you going to check for diastasis recti? That's abdominal separation. And the GP was like, no, like this is really just to look over the baby and how are you feeling? And um, she was actually really shocked. So it's really important for the moms to get, get a proper MOT after having their baby um, if possible. Once they've done that, then, you know, once they're not having any symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction like um you might have a little bit of leaking we can always work around that and make sure that you're staying symptom free and exercise but any severe leaking pressure bulging um pain pain in joints um anything like that i would definitely say um you need maybe a little bit more time and a full physio um, assessment before starting anything I had a lot of pain in joints from the from breastfeeding from prolactin like and I wasn't expecting it I I it was not something associated with breastfeeding that had kind of crossed my path beforehand um and obviously we know about prolactin and that it's it enables your body to transform to fit you know a human inside you and come out of you um (laughs) But it can stay in your system for a lot longer when you're feeding as well. Yeah. So um, we would always say up to maybe six to 10 months post feeding, we would still be checking in with those moments that their elbows feel okay, their wrists not feel okay. And it might just be doing like non weight bearing movements off the floor. So maybe, you know, anything that they're like downward dogs or anything like that it might not be what they need at that time and um, but that's it's a really common thing that we come across and a really common thing that people are like really <laughs> you're like yes yeah we have to be so careful we're so prone to injury and that's why it's so important to be strong robust stable because we're doing as we were talking about and um, getting out of the house and loading up the car like it is so physical motherhood I remember so many times lifting things in and out of the boot saying like, I was a competitive Olympic weightlifter for like five years and I'm struggling to do this. Like how are people who don't have never trained, how are they doing this without really hurting themselves? You're right. Like it is so physical. Sometimes you feel like you don't have the physical energy to do the actual exercise bit, but yet it's the conditioning in the exercise bit that will enable you to have the strength for the everyday parts that are really challenging. Yeah, kind of the fitness of motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it is just keeping all of the the joints and the the ligaments and everything and the muscles as strong as possible is really really important. What do you suggest women start off with? So, okay, so assuming you're at that six week mark and assuming you are physically, you know, you you don't have anything you don't have anything serious to recover from. Uh, following birth and following pregnancy what are just the okay so you're at home and you just want to feel you want to introduce a little bit of movement what are the best things to start with so first of all um I would always the foundation of all of our wellness especially in pre, pre and postnatal mamas is our breath so learning how to breathe properly is so important and I remember postnatally someone saying that to me and I was like that is the most boring thing I've ever heard someone say to me about training 
but oh my god the more educated I became and I just thought this is just so powerful so learning how to breathe properly um and it kind of like strengthens the core from the inside out helps our pelvic floor helps our stress levels um even like back pain like it's so powerful so learning how to do that properly would be the very first thing and you can do that from day dot you can do that from the day after the baby's born and that is so important if you know they're, they're doing all that and they want to start doing a little bit of movement at home doing things like I always think like postural correction exercises and stretches some hip openers glute um, strengthening exercises things like squats to arrange that feels very comfortable for you glute bridges and um, you know band pull aparts and stuff like that for our upper body and um, some gentle hip openers and there's loads and loads of different types of stretches you could do it's a really nice place to start and really enjoying movement and flowing through it and just you know being like this actually feels really good is um is you know you wouldn't obviously be upping the intensity at all and probably not even using any weights at all just enjoying movement i would say would be a really good place to start especially because the other big learn for me in postpartum was how sedentary it is you know, you're, you're really, you're, you go from a busy life with a bump to sitting under a baby for quite a number of hours, uh, Mm -hmm. day and night. And yeah, there came a point for me definitely where I was like, oh my God, I need to move. And even if it's just a gentle stretch or, uh, like Pilates roll downs or, you know, I just felt like so locked. Imagine like, like the cat cows on the floor in your tabletop position. Like I just think all of that stuff, some spinal rotation, um, some chest openers, like it just is so, even talking about it, I'm like, well, that sounds really nice. Um, the other really important thing about that kind of sedentary um, lifestyle that just naturally comes with, especially early motherhood, is that from a pelvic floor point of view, it's not necessarily the best thing for it is that constant rest. The pelvic floor is a type of muscle that needs to be used or else it atrophies essentially. The muscles actually stop working. So a lot of the time, um, even myself, um, I had a pelvic floor injury after having Jacob and um it's healed and all really well now but I find if I'm sick in bed for a couple of days there's weakness in my pelvic floor there could be a little bit of leaking in that and I know that's just because I haven't used my pelvic floor there's been no gravity nothing it hasn't worked at all so it's just getting it working again and so it is quite important with that breathing piece that I talked about and you know connecting our diaphragm and our pelvic floor and doing our kegels or whatever our um postnatal physiotherapist or a midwife have told us to do it is so important to do that and do it religiously I think as women we're so we jump straight into yeah but what am I going to how am I going to exercise to lose weight how am I going to exercise to get my body back how am I going to exercise because I really don't like this new new flabby tummy or (laughs) you know and we don't stop and think about how do I need to exercise so that my pelvic floor is strong enough, that my diaphragm is strong enough, that my internal uh, structure is strong enough to support me when I do want to get onto a cardio or aerobic exercise to burn fat mm-hmm. and energy? 
Like there's so mm. many, it's like a building block again. You really need to start internally and work your way out. It's like building a house with no foundations. If you see, you know, if you jump into it too quick, yeah, you can probably pile the blocks up there and, you know, it'll look okay, but it will all come crumbling down at some point if there's no foundation there. And it's so important to, to remember that. And it might not come, and I don't want to do any scaremongering, but a lot of the time it's not until menopause happens that these pelvic floor injuries and that even become apparent. So it's important to, you know, respect your body, to give it the time that it needs to heal, to do the work, because it, it is kind of boring sometimes, the work that you're doing, you know, especially if you come from a training background, you know, that was what happened to me. I was like, you know, I was squatting really heavy weights and whatever before having Jacob like go away with your breathing or whatever and mm. I got a pelvic floor injury you know and that took a long time to and a lot of money as well on physiotherapy to to heal and it was starting again so I just so wish that I knew then what I know now and could have saved my time all that saved myself all of that time and effort but that's such an important message because here you are an expert in your field, as you said, Olympic, you know, athlete, um, and you even fell into the trap of, of, of having an injury, um, mm. you know, caused by how your body had changed in pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah, it was caused by me returning to exercise too quickly after having Jacob because I did not have the knowledge and my ego was too big I didn't respect it at all um didn't respect what my body had gone through um so it was really caused by me returning to exercise too quickly returning to doing workouts that were not suitable for my postnatal body um and I did that because I didn't have the knowledge I couldn't find the knowledge you know I was a personal trainer for a couple of years before that I trained as a elite athlete and I didn't have the knowledge. So what, what is everyone else doing? Do you know, it's, it's really scary, actually. Um, and you can read up online. I remember looking online for workouts and doing workouts that were labeled as postnatal workouts, but they weren't. You know, it was just a label on it on the internet. There was no research or science behind it. And... Um, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't end too well for me. But um, I went to a great physiotherapist in the Milltown Clinic in Dundrum and did my rehab. And then I went and educated myself. And that's where the Empowered Mama was really born from. So you don't want others with such limited information to begin with in comparison to what you were starting with to fall into the same trap? Yeah, exactly. And quite often, actually, um, the hardest people to train are the people with a training background, the women coming from a CrossFit background or a rugby background or that, you know, and that's my line that I always say, your ego is not your amigo. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to start from base and work up again, which is really hard. (laughs) Really hard. It's 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 such a good leveler, though, as well. You know? And I think it's actually, it's so great for me as a coach. I'm actually so thankful that I went through that experience because I can say to them, like, this is what happened to me. I've been there. Like, I've made the mistakes. Like, you do not want this to happen to you. So let, let's do this the right way and do it really the short, the short way. Do you know, uh, a short, 
injury free rather than a long injury ridden process. So going out and, and seeking like the real expert support and information is just so critical when you're starting from scratch. Don't assume your body is built the same way that it was before and can do the same things that it can do before. Because think about it, like your entire structure has changed in order to grow a human and bring it into this world yeah. and respect it, you know, respect your body and let it, let it be cared for postnatally as you go towards a newfound fitness. Mm-hmm. I think it was only after, I think it was only after I went through obviously pregnancy, childbirth, then getting the pelvic floor injury and coming back from that, that I really just found this new respect for my body that I never had before. It was just like, wow, like women are amazing. Do you know what we do is just incredible. And that's why at the start of the podcast, I said women are the beginning of everything because it all starts with us, do you know? So we need to mind us and we deserve to look after us and put ourselves pretty high up on the priority list and the to-do list every day and it's not just you know the day that you go on a retreat or it's your birthday or whatever it's a daily thing and that's okay it's okay to take a bit of time for yourself every single day so exercise for recovery and kindness as opposed to um not hurting ourselves but sometimes we just use exercise as a way of of burning those calories and restricting it's ourselves kind of like the, the manipulation of your body you know stop manipulating your body just let it be <laughs> like punishing it for yeah yeah um, yeah oh i love treats <laughs> <laughs> treats are okay treats are all part of the the wellness as well i i'm also a firm believer in that um but you've yeah. taught you've taught me so much already in this well from following you on instagram you've taught me so much you've taught me so much today in this conversation and i'm so happy that there are people like you in this world that have taken a learning from their own experience and pain and have turned it into trying to prevent other women from having to have that experience um it's you know you you could have just continued on about your life and doing your your gym training elsewhere but you haven't you've built a business around making space for women and around helping us all through pregnancy and postpartum and feeling like empowered mamas so emma thank you so much for creating that business and for sharing your knowledge with us today and joining us on every monday podcast it's such a pleasure oh i'm so so delighted to have to have been on today and thank you so much for asking me to join you it's great Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it really helps our show to grow. If you subscribe, rate, or leave a review, share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's expert guest, Emma Dowling at Empowered Mama on Instagram. Talk to you again next week. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water Wipes are an essential for every mum from that first snappy change to during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum the Podcast. <laughs>